Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to MBR, or as we like to call it around here, Nothing But Rants, the show where I find topics that I'm oddly passionate about, and I pontificate upon them. These are not hot takes, but rather takes that I'm hot about. out here giving away birthdays huh i'm a good friend i like to think i am hey welcome in last show best show it is nothing but rants our national hour where we talk all things college football here on the channel uh these are not these are not hot takes rather takes we're hot about i i haven't i used to open every single mbr with the the saying because i think it's a bar it is um but nonetheless hey uh normally at, at this point in a story Okay, I get pretty fatigued. I get real, real fatigued. I start saying something like, I'm tired of hearing about it, or I'm done talking about it. Normally at this point, I am uh, not one to recycle or regurgitate takes. I don't like, you know, beating a dead horse. I don't like standing over the top of a topic and just going, "Mm, mm, mm," just getting after it over and over again. Even if it brings in people, even if it brings in people to listen or to, to enjoy the conversation, whatever, I don't like uh, regurgitating takes and recycling topics. Um, hell, this Michigan story is a, a primary example, but it's very different than anything else I've ever covered. Uh, we first heard about this October 19th. Yahoo Sports and Ross Dellinger exposed Connor Stallions in this Michigan scandal uh, like three and a half weeks ago. We've been dealing with this Connor Stallions story in the headlines for almost a month. And somehow, some way, this dead horse of a topic constantly keeps giving us new information and new news and new uh, storylines and new things to talk about. There's that old adage of stop being a dead horse. And then there's that old adage of uh, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. We got a whole bunch of horsing going around uh, with this Michigan topic, and and we're going to keep talking about it if they keep bringing us new stuff like they did today. This is the ultimate giving horse that is also a dead horse, and we don't really know what to do with it, but we're going to keep talking about it. Um, Yesterday, Michigan sent the Big Ten a 10-page letter. It was actually an email, but it printed out 10 pages with Michigan letterhead directly from the athletic director. And what I've also learned about this story is, you know, not just how up uppity Michigan men can be, but what I've also learned through this story is that not a lot of people be reading. Okay, I, I know y'all don't love to read, and I know that kind of sucks for our industry for as a whole if, if you're a writer. Um, like we all are, but we're also commentators and we're talkers, and that helps us because y'all love talking. Y'all don't necessarily love reading. Um, so I'm going to read for you. I'm going I'm to read this 10-page letter like I did today, and I'm going to cliff note you because there is some gold. I'm some absolute golden content in this here 10-page letter. I'm not going to read it all, but I'm going to read some of it because it is some good stuff. Um, this first page of this letter um, directed towards Chad Howley, or Hawley, the Senior Vice President of the Policy and Compliance uh, Department at the Big Ten Conference. Um, it was addressed to him titled, Dear Chad. Okay, It starts out in the first page, them basically setting the table, um, letting you know that they are cooperating with an NCAA investigation that is set to end and be done this fall. I thought it was important to note we are fully cooperating with the NCAA investigation, which enforcement staff indicated is due to be completed this fall. So we got a little news in the first paragraph letting us know that the NCAA is going to be wrapping up their quote-unquote rapid investigation. Okay, 
uh, some point this season with regards to what actually Michigan did and what they're actually uh, going to be punished for. So we'll be getting some type of answer this year. Um, but I thought it was also important to note at the end of this first page, they let you know that they're in this unfortunate predicament where they can't really defend themselves legally because the NCAA is investigating them and they can't talk about an active investigation. But in the midst of telling you that unfortunately they can't defend themselves, they let you know that they fit to defend themselves in this 10-page document. Uh, quote, our ability to state our position at this time is therefore inherent, inherently limited and Michigan reserves the right to make additional statements of position as the investigation develops. So they're basically just telling you, hey, in this first page, we fit to get after that ass. Also in this first page, they let you know that this whole 10-page document is not just about defending and protecting Michigan. It's also about standing for Jim Harbaugh. Okay, and they let you know in the first paragraph or in the first page, quote, and any disciplinary action towards coach Jim Harbaugh on this record would exceed the commissioner's authority under the sportsman policy and be factually unwarranted on the current record. So that's what the first page is about. Let's go on to page two. Okay, page two is a whole page of, quote, you can't do this shit. You're not allowed to do this shit until the NCAA is done with it. Okay, that's page two. We can just throw that one away. Not too much goodies off of that one. It's a whole bunch of policy. A whole bunch of, you ain't allowed to do this. Please don't do this. Your handbook says you can't do this. That's what page two is. Page three, um, the last two paragraphs are extremely useful. And they're a big, just big 10, just a big old middle finger to the big 10. Quote, your email expressly uh, expresses premises, the sportsman policy investigation on alleged uh, violation. This way, yada, yada, yada. Specifically, your basis for potential offensive action is alleged violation uh, by law 11.61, former rule, football rule, yada, yada, yada. Let's get to the good stuff, Brooks. But Michigan and any involved uh, individuals are entitled to all of the conference's handbooks protections to determine whether such violations were committed in the first place. Again, telling you that you can't do this. It's against your uh, – your policies in the playbook or in the handbook to state the obvious. This is directly from the athletic record quote to state the obvious. None of these procedural protections have been followed in this case from the initial vote by the compliance and reinstatement committee, finding a reasonable basis for a major violation to the extensive appeals process guaranteed to institutions and their constituents. All of the rules violations that underlie your email are therefore unproven. Basically, okay, you haven't fully convicted us and you haven't fully allowed us to actually defend our case in the court of law. That's what page four was, or page three was about. Let's go on to page four. I know this is really, really uh, draining, but it's important. There's a lot of important stuff in this documents with regards to where Michigan actually feels they are in this investigation. Page four. All right, let's get to it. Uh, page four has a wonderful little quote, write your rules better art article and line in it that I will tell you. All right, here it is. Quote, we are not aware of a single instance in which the sportsmanship policy has ever been deployed as a backdoor way of holding an institution or individual responsible for a rule violation that has not been established in accordance to rule 32 protections. Precedent refutes that the commissioner can grant to himself the unreviewable power to punish rules, violations, and bypass the normal process. Claiming that power would be a breach of the handbook and establish uh, an indefensible precedent. I'm going to let you know right now, 
that Michigan's lawyers, Michigan's athletic directors did a tremendous job. Did a tremendous job of reading the handbook of the Big Ten and throwing it back in their face. Whether or not it actually holds water, I don't know because the Big Ten seems to be very, very powerful and adamant about their stance. Let's move on to page five. Uh, page five, I call this the quote, we were cheating, but we stopped. It's okay. Let me read you some of these, okay? Let me find it. It is irrelevant, even if the disciplinary action were permissible at this stage, which is not such action. Okay. We are aware of no evidence or allegation that violations are continuing or that there is any ongoing harm that requires immediate corrective measures. That was the last sentence on page five. They just told the Big Ten, hey, I know it's kind of ugly, but don't worry. We stopped. That's basically what they have. Five pages in of just cooking, just trying to cook the Big Ten. Quote, we are aware of no evidence or allegation that violations are continuing or that there is any ongoing harm to requ that requires immediate corrective action. Again, basically saying, hey, we know we did this, but we're not doing it anymore. So can y'all hold off on any type of suspensions that you're bringing? Page six. I call this the there's no proof page, um, and it's absolutely insane. I want to read you a full paragraph from this. Quote, the scope of unknown or disputed facts demonstrates why disciplinary action at this stage is premature. For This is just comical. For example, at this, at this stage of the investigation, there remain major outstanding questions about the scope of Connor Scallion's, quote, scheme in parentheses to use your words <laughs> as far as we are aware there is no current evidence suggesting that michigan's coaching staff knew about or participated in the alleged offensive conduct coach harbaugh has denied any knowledge of stallions conduct and stallions and stallions himself through counsel has publicly stated that no one on the coaching staff asked him to break any rule or was aware of any improper conduct Stallions has not been interviewed, nor has any member of the coaching staff. Such interviews and other evidence are critical to understanding not only who else, if anyone, was involved, but the nature and effect, if any, of Stallions' conduct on the integrity of the competition, uh, you know, basically has not been warranted. It defies reason to impose sanctions before the most fundamental aspects of the investigation are uh, have been completed they go on to continue to say quote but the bylaw bars only quote in-person scouting okay by the athletics personnel although stallions himself may qualify as athletics personnel for much of the conduct your email describes there was no evidence that the in-person scouting was committed by athletes personnel so basically that part right there is telling you that hey we might have done this Okay, but no one directly tied to the to the uh, program did this. No staffer did this outside of Stallions. Absolutely love that as well. Um, uh, this this quote right here. But that rule plainly applies to field equipment deployed during games in which the institution participates, and simply does not apply to any of Stallions' alleged conduct, uh, allegedly on behalf of the team not involved in the contest. So basically, what Michigan has said was. All of that footage that you sent us, that's all great, fine, and dandy. But that's Stallions doing that stuff on Michigan sidelines, and that doesn't prove anything with regards to whether or not he cheated. Let's go on to page seven. Um, page seven tries to discredit the video footage that we've all seen. 
all the video footage of Connor Stallions on other people's sidelines, all the video footage we have all seen of him talking directly to Jim Harbaugh, of him talking directly to offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, all that good stuff. This page right here basically says, that's all bullshit, even though we've all seen it. Uh, quote, your email also makes argumentative assumptions that we have no way to evaluate, verify, or respond to, such as unsourced reports about what Stallions instructed others to do. What an unsourced report. Stallions told people via text messages. Characterizations of videos taken by those connected with Stallions that we have not seen. Characterizations of purported surveillance footage of an individual, quote, recording the op opposing sidelines. They might as well add it, Josh Payne, on that one. That the conference itself apparently has not seen but simply told us, quote, exist. And photos of, and videos that you describe in the public domain but have not supplied uh, to us, supposedly showing Stallions adjacent to and communicating with coaches during games. We are not in a position to respond to these assertions and characterizations because we have been we have not been provided access to the underlying material. Hey, buddy, get on social media. All right, get on Twitter. Look at the video we've all seen. Um, it's all there. I, it's just it's on and on and on more and more pages. Um, page eight basically says it's not that bad. Page eight says, quote, stallions alleged conduct, if proven, may have been in part violated or may have in part violated a remaining narrow prohibition on, quote, in-person scouting, okay, of certain games not subject to an exception. But tellingly, the NCAA considered entirely eliminating the prohibition as recently as two years ago. So basically what that just said was, yeah, we did this. Connor Stallions did this. But the NCAA almost removed this rule anyway, so it's not that big of a deal. They went on to say that the ability to fully decode opponent signals based on broadcast footage suggests, contrary to your email's assumption, that there is no reason to think Stallions' attempt to gain additional sideline footage meaningfully improved signal decoding. So basically him saying, hey, we could have gotten all this from the all 22 and all the TV copies anyway. So we didn't really cheat the system. We didn't really cheat the outcome of the game because everything we did with regards to breaking the rules, we could have done from our fucking house. I, I, I don't even know, man. I don't know what to do with this stuff. Other That last part is blasphemous to me. That last part is a straight up just spitting in the face of everybody here. And just like, yeah, we did it, but everybody does it anyway, so who gives a shit? I give a shit because you broke the rules. That's why. And everybody else seems to give a shit, too. Some of this stuff is nuts. And, quote, and even the absent the – even absent the in-person recording of sidelines alleged to have occurred here, teams have access to views of the sideline of their opponents, games through all 22 footage, television coverage, and video posted to social media, making the footage at issue here at most a reflection of information that teams can and do easily obtain through public and permissible sources. Buddy, if you could do it, why in the hell were you cheating to do it other ways? And also love this part right here. This is in response to everybody tweeting out the records prior to the cheating and post the cheating. This is from the athletic director, the arrogance in this statement. Quote, in addition, there is simply no evidence that Stallion's actions had a material effect upon any of Michigan's games this season. What we do know is that Michigan won its closest game of this season by 24 points, and its average margin of victory is 34 points. Since Stallion's was suspended, Michigan's average margin of victory has been 38 points, including one 49-point victory 
and another 28-point victory without they, Stallions on the sideline. Wait, are you saying they took the average of two games? And yes. Were like... Yes. <laughs> they took the average of two games when this scandal dates back three years. Big old double birds to you, sir. My gosh. That's funny. I respect it. Honestly, I respect it, but part of me wants the Big Ten to just flame their ass up like you've never seen before. But, I mean, like I said, it, it, it's, it's filled with a bunch of bullshit. Don't get me wrong. But the middle three pages, if I were a lawyer, I'd say, you know, you're right. You went through the handbook. They didn't. They don't have grounds to actually impact you or get after you with any type of suspension or any type of punishment basically until the NCAA comes into, uh, into you know, fruition and comes uh, to c- conclusion of their investigation. That's what the first, you know, two through five, that's what those pages were. It was three pages of you didn't even read your own handbook when you emailed us to tell us that you were going to give us some type of suspension. So if you're sitting at home thinking that the Big Ten is going to give them some type of uh, punishment, I highly doubt that, all right? Even if they do, it's going to get thrown into court so goddamn fast you can't even hiccup. Um, what was the crazy – I know I know there's a lot, guys, and I know that's a, a, a tough segment to listen to um, and, and to have immediate observations on when you don't have the 10-page letter in front of you. But what was the craziest thing I just read to you? The, I, think it's, I think it's the fact that they said that you can gain all of those things without going to football games – but yeah. yeah, there's proof that you were doing it. So like that's my that's my favorite part too. Hey, you can do all this cheating on the TV copy, so it doesn't make us cheating that much bad. It's not it's not bad. That it's much not bad. bad. That much bad. It's not that much bad because you know we 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 cheated in a different way, but everybody cheats. No, you cheated against the bylaws, brother. Okay, you have folks on sidelines, man. Mm-hmm. Come on. That was my other favorite part. Denying the video evidence that we all have seen. CMU basically came out and said, yeah, that was him. <laughs> what on earth, man? And Michigan fans reading this talking about, oh, we cooked them. We got them, baby. We got them where we want them. Told y'all. I, 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 man, I feel bad. I honestly feel bad for this president, this athletic director, because he's standing for a f- head football coach that's going to leave his ass high and dry, mm-hmm. too. Do we? Does anybody listening to this right now think Jim Harbaugh is going to be coaching Michigan next year? I don't. Nobody, right? No. We all think he's going to the NFL. So why? Why are you? Maybe, maybe he knows something I don't. Maybe, maybe this athletic director is getting promises. I mean, they're backdoor talking about, channel promises. They were talking about doing an extension for him that yeah. supposedly got put on halt after this, and then which he denied. they came out and said it's not happening. The contract extension still stands. So, but we haven't signed it. So if the contract extension still stands and you haven't signed it, what are you therefore doing? Delaying it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I, I've almost gotten to the point where I just kind of want to sit on my hands until it all comes down and we all kind of know the finalities of it. But that's not the reality of this job. The reality of this job is you have to react to all the newfound evidence every time the gift horse gives it to you. Right? Don't look a gift horse in the mouth and don't beat a dead horse. All right, those are the two things we try not to do on this network, and uh, that is just a melding together of both of those uh, idioms, if you will. Welcome into tonight's show. We do have a great one for you. We're going to talk a little bit more of actual football, uh, not immediately. We're going to talk about Lane Kiffin, unfortunately, but we're going to talk about some actual football tonight as well. We do have our final predictions. Lane Kiffin's sound went viral today, and I have thoughts, okay, and I don't think they're the thoughts you think they might be. Uh, Quinn Ewers is going to play this weekend. We're going to talk about that, even though we picked that game last night. Felt it was necessary to update that analysis. Um, and unless it doesn't happen, we're going to play a little game 
at the end of tonight's show. Um, I want to give a quick shout out though to our friends at Prize Picks. If you go over to Prize Picks today using promo code Brooks, you'll get a hundred percent deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Okay, what does that mean? You put up to hundred dollars, you'll get immediately matched hundred percent right there on the spot in your account from our friends over at Prize Picks, but only, and I mean only. If you use promo code Brooks, I know there's some other promo codes out there, but why would you use those guys? Make sure you're using ours. Um, should we talk about it? Should we talk about Lane? Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do it. Um, we're going to play the clip here in a little bit, um, but I want to start by saying this. Back in September, uh, Ole Miss defensive lineman DeSanto Rollins filed a $40 million loss, lawsuit, uh, $10 million for, I believe, defamation, $30 million for uh, basically retroactive – Payments for well, I don't know what the technology or what the terminology on the lawsuit was, but it was a forty million dollar lawsuit uh, filed by Rollins, uh, basically suing both the Ole Miss football program and Lane Kiffin individually. Um, and back in September, I looked it up today, September fifteenth, our uh, the Grove report over on uh, Fansided. Uh, this is si.com forward slash college forward slash Ole Miss reported on this story reported on this lawsuit when it was filed back on September 15th, okay? And in this reporting, and in the reporting back on September 15th, all of these quotes were made available. This has been well-known knowledge that he said these things for two months now. For two months, these quotes have been available. These quotes have been there. These quotes have been in print, all right? And they've been published, all right, for your viewing, for everyone to read. Um, now, all of a sudden, during Ole Miss's biggest game of the season, we find out that these quotes are not only leaked, but the audio is leaked, right? They're resurfaced and the audio is leaked on a Wednesday or a Thursday going into the biggest game of the season for Ole Miss. And I do think it's worth playing this, the sound and we're going to play it for you. But I do want you to know that, again, I repeat, these quotes, this information was 100% made available two months ago. It was not... Uh, met with any type of reaction until today when these sound clips surfaced. So let's play the sound for you. If you would have come here when you kept getting messages, the head coach wants to talk to you and you saying, I'm not ready to talk to him. I wasn't. Well, what world do you live in? I don't see why you got to be disrespectful. Honestly. Get out of here. Go. Go. You're off the team. You're done. See ya. See ya. Because I'm. See ya. Go. Go. And guess what? We can kick you off the team. So go read your f***ing rights about mental health. We can kick you off the team for not showing up. When the head coach has to meet with you and you don't show up for weeks, okay, we can remove you from the team. It's called being the push. It's called hiding behind and not showing up to work. All right, so we know why the audio leaked today, right? We, we know why. Um, also, Kawinka Dinkley, I believe just two days ago, uh, Lane Kiffin filed for a dismissal of this lawsuit. So this audio now gets leaked two days after a dismissal filed from Lane. They're trying to win public favor, all right? And for to an extent, they kind of did. But here's what they failed to do. They failed to give you the full quotes, okay? So I ran them down today from these September, uh, you know, documents that were obtained by every single media outlet that reported on this. Quote, okay, this is Lane talking. Okay, you have an effing head coach. This is a job. Guess what? If I have mental health issues and I'm not diminishing them, I can't not see my effing boss, Kiffin said, according to the lawsuit and the audio recording. Quote, when you were told again and again the head coach needs to see you, 
Uh, it wasn't to make you practice. It wasn't to make you play a position you don't effing want to, okay? It was to talk to you and to explain to you in the real world, okay? So I don't give a F what your mama says, or, okay? Or what you, what you think in the real effing world. You show up to work and then you say, hey, I have mental health issues. I can't do anything for two weeks. But if you change my position, I won't have mental health issues. And then he continued. He said, I guarantee you if we effing called you in and said you were playing defense, would you have mental issues? Because apparently this was a football player that was going through a position change. And after that question, uh, Rollins quickly apparently answered, I definitely would. All right. And then you hear the audio that you hear that was played today and that was leaked today. Um, I have two thoughts here. One, Lane Kiffin is right. All right, Lane Kiffin is right in this sense. Guys, you can't just not show up for work. All right, you can't just not show up. You can't be aloof for three weeks and not expect some type of punishment. I don't care. I do care. I do care if you have mental health issues, but with pertains to you doing your job or you at least explaining why you can't, I don't care. All right, as an employer of, of people, all right, I need to know. That's it. I just need basic lines of communication. Like he said, if you would have came in, met with your head coach, said, hey, I have a mental health issue, we would have dressed it like that, right? He said it right there, all right? If you would have came in, talked to your coach, said, quote, I have mental health issues, I can't do anything for two weeks, we would have been good. But you didn't. You didn't come in and talk to your employer. You didn't come in and talk to your coach. Lane Kiffin is right. He's also wrong. He's also wrong because this is the same football coach in July when speaking to the SEC media, SEC media days, went on about how, you know, self-pat on the back, how they were the only football program in the SEC to have a dedicated in-house mental health specialist. You can't be bragging about your football team saying, hey, we are the leader in the industry of in-house mental health uh, help, okay? while also telling your football players to study up on their handbook on mental health that they can get kicked off the football team for it. So there is some right, there is some wrong, as there always is. I also don't necessarily feel comfortable about being recorded inside of a meeting room where a coach and a player are talking. By the way, I also noticed through this diction and reading, uh, this is an employer talking to an employee. This is not a coach talking to a player. All right, this was show up and do your job. This was show up to work. You can't miss days of work. That's what this was. This was not, hey, uh, you know, you got a job to do. You're a player. We respect you. All your player, all your teammates are leaning upon you. Whatever. Um, this was the diction here was very, very obvious on where football players stand, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's. I think by obviously leaking this audio out and whatnot, I think that they're tr this the, the side it, the player is trying to gain sympathy, He's trying to curry favor. For sure, and but he's doing it in a manner of where nobody else in this world that he's trying to gain sympathy from and gain aside from and get get them all riled up for him, none of them would be none of them would get this type of treatment or they would be expected to get this type of treatment from their employee or anything like that. It doesn't it doesn't even relate to anybody outside of the football room. The the relation the relation is the one yeah. you hit on right there. In order to seek sympathy, in order to receive sympathy, we have to have some type of common ground. And I'm yeah. going to tell you right now, Jonathan, if you didn't show up for three weeks, I'd fire you. I love you to death. But I, would I would honestly fire hope you. so. Okay? <laughs> and we've had examples of this. Yeah. We have, and you know them. All right? If you don't show up for three weeks, guess what? You're fired. Like, everybody gets fired. All right? So, um, also, 
the, the one of the main reasons this was leaked was because um, I, I believe because the basis of Lane Kiffin's dismissal was the fact that this kid has not actually been kicked off of the football team, that he's still on scholarship, that he's still made available. He's still uh, able to use the resources of the, the facilities and all this stuff. Um, but the audio in the audio, it sounds very clear that he is being kicked off of the team. But yeah. there is a difference between get the F out of here. You're done. And all right, we have filed your paperwork to no longer be an active member of this roster. There's two differences there. Yeah, well, I think he did say you're off the team. He did? Yeah. No, that, and that's fine. But what I'm telling you is there, there's a legal difference between me yeah. telling you you're fired and me actually filing the firing paperwork. For sure. In this it's like instance. a WWE thing. Yes. He may not be showing up to football games, but he could still be hanging around a little bit in the, in the backstage area and whatnot. Some yep. questions about who recorded it. I would assume the player recorded it. Yeah. Yeah. It sounded really, really close to his yeah, voice. Yeah, it sounded like it was from his uh, voice memo on his phone. Yeah. Um, Which is legal. It's legal? It's legal in Mississippi. Mississippi's a one-party consent state. Oh, his lawyer definitely knew that. Yeah. His lawyer definitely sure. knew that. Um, so, shouts out to Mississippi's recording laws. That strikes me very odd. Georgia has um, it, too. Really? Yeah. I've actually been recording all these episodes. I hope a so. And off air. Yeah. I'm just kidding. A real office situation. I watched the finale of The Office today. Hmm. Finally made it. I don't know if there's a good way to end those types of things. Yeah. Just, just too too meaningful. Mm -hmm. um, hey, we actually have football this weekend. Do you want to talk about it? Please. I would love to. I'd love to talk about it. I would love to football. as well. 30 minutes in. Let's get after it. Uh, Quinn Ewers apparently is going to play today or Saturday. That's nuts. <laughs> now, it's just an AC joint sprain, which just an AC joint sprain. Technically, you can play with them. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of discomfort. Like, the injury is not going to get worse. But what will is the scarring that's going to be left. Have you seen the you, – you just pointed out. Have you seen the photo of Keenan Allen? Google uh, it. I'm, I think I'm so. I'm going to Google it. The, the photo of Keenan Allen's shoulder is disgusting. And what it is is an AC joint sprain. Um, it's the first thing that pops up on Google. Uh, it's an AC joint sprain that did not heal correctly. Um, and this is what will ultimately happen. Let's let the camera kind of focus here. Eventually it will, I would imagine. No? No? No. Fuck. Um, it's, it's a lump on his shoulder. It's a big old golf ball on man's shoulder. Um, and it comes from this happening, right, where we, 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 we sprain an AC joint uh, in our shoulder and scar tissue builds up on top of it and we never get comfortable. Uh, oh, that shit is gross. That shit is gross. Um, I wish I could show it to the audience right now, but just hit it with a quick Google while you're listening to us tonight. Uh, but, no, it is pretty gross, and it's what Quinn Ewers is ultimately going to have because he didn't let this heal. That's all that – I think that's the only byproduct of this. When you don't let something heal, when you don't let AC joint sprain heal, it ends up getting uh, calcium deposits on the top of them. Hmm. Kind of like what I got on the top of my foot. Yeah, you can rub them out. No, you can't. Calcium deposits? No, no, you, no cannot. you can't. No. Um, it's like the football equivalent of cauliflower ear. Hmm. Yeah. That's kind a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Quinn's going to play Saturday. Um, I, I Do you really need him? That's what I was about I don't to say. Think I, Why? That's very you really need him? Why? Why is he playing on Saturday? I don't know. Maybe – and, and here's what I wrote in my notes. It, unless – I don't understand it unless it's Quinn's just dying. If Quinn's just dying to play. Yeah. He's like, I'm playing no matter what. Y'all aren't going to keep me off the field. Then more power to him. If you if you love football, then we we never going to be out here saying no. In fact, we're always going to say hell yeah in them types of situations. But I'm with you guys. TCU is allowing 192 yards per game on the ground over the last six games. Um, you can just run the ball and play defense. Yeah, I mean, that, well, they might then they might not even have to use them. Yeah. He might throw. Well, I think they said that he's starting. 
yeah, he's going to start. That's wrong, but yeah, he's going to play. Starting and throwing the ball ten times are different things, I think. Well, they're not different, but no you doubt. get what I'm saying. But if again, if that's the case, if that's your game plan, why put him out there? If if you just want to throw it ten times, why get even him, have him out there on the field? I did, this doesn't make any sense to me. Or get him back acclimated to the game. He's been out for what three weeks now. Here's a uh, little theory for you. What if what if they need him to leave? Hmm. I mean, that's a fair what, point. What if they that, need I mean, Quinn, that, what if they need Quinters to go to the draft? That is a good point. Because that lot that room is like real thick. Yeah. No yeah. different than any other room. And I'd have to imagine if But that room's got a lot more controversy than anybody else. Malik Murphy, superstar, talent, physically. Arch. And then of course Arch, the name. Right. So I, I it's just a, a random thought I just had. And I, it's probably no, that's not actually, true. Well um but it has some merit. I don't think they're gonna like be against Quinn leaving. No. I don't think they're gonna try their best to make him stay. So having him sit out for the rest or the rest of this regular season is definitely gonna retroactively help that. Plus kind of going off of what you just said of maybe they need him to leave. I think maybe Quinn Ewers needs to show something a little bit too of he didn't. He hasn't played a full season, and th- and so th- he finally needs. He yeah. needs to show his ability to play through some pain. Probably he needs to show NFL draft scouts like, hey, injuries. They are not a problem with me. Do not worry about that. If I need to play and I want to play, I am going to show up on game days for my football team. It's not something that you have to worry about for me. So maybe that's it's it has to do with that. Was it a fractured clavicle against Alabama? Something like that. Yeah. I think. It wasn't the same injury, right? No. No. It was. It was a full fracture on his. Yeah. On his he, throwing was, shoulder. he was done for the season. Mm-hmm. No, he came, he came back midway. He came back. It came back year. late, but I think he fractured his collarbone. Yeah, we might want to look that up. But um, no, I I think you're you you kind of hit on something in terms of like NFL teams definitely want to know that you can play through pain, mm-hmm. right, and play with a little bit of edge of toughness. Uh, how much of a difference does this make in this football game? Last night, I think I predicted it. Uh, Texas to kind of handle it on the ground. Um, and, you know, maybe like a two-score football game, I think is what I ended up saying. But how much of a change do we think this does? I'm trying I, to, I don't think it – honestly, I don't think it makes that much difference of a change because I think Texas was going to come into this game with the plan to run the ball down Yeah, I said throat. Texas 28 to 10-ish. Yeah, I th- think Texas defense is real. Yeah. 35 to 10 then or 31 yeah. to 10, something like that. I mean, I think Quinn Ewers is good for one more drive. Interesting. Mm. All right, let's move on. We got, we got some football games to pick. Uh, we already picked that one. We all went Texas in that last night with Malik Murphy, so we're going to stick with Texas tonight with Quinn Ewers uh, at the start. Let's talk about Tennessee and Missouri. Um, the loser of this football game, excuse me, if Missouri wins this football game, Georgia clinches the SEC East. Tennessee is a two-point favorite. Um, I think in this football game, honest to God, I think there might be 12 sacks. I think there might be 12 sacks in this football game. Um, I think both of these quarterbacks might get forced to hold the football. Um, but if it comes down to quarterback play and who, you know, who can run the football the, the best and who can avoid the turnover, I'm going to favor Brady Cook at home more so than I am Joe Milton on the road. Two-point spread. I like Missouri in this football game outright. Hmm. I actually have it in my notes that I kind of want to trust Tennessee's defense, shockingly they're, enough. They're, they're good. They're like top 15. Yeah, good. I was looking at the defensive statistics yesterday, and I was like, what do you know? Tennessee's up there in like the top 30 in some statistical categories. So in some sense, I want to trust Tennessee's defense, but I don't – like you just mentioned, you just hit it. I don't know if I can trust quarterback play in this, and I think it is what it's going to boil down to. I, Tennessee can run the football. I think Missouri is good enough to also kind of hinder the running, the run game for Tennessee a little bit. This game is also on the road for Tennessee. 
which makes me want to lean more Missouri's way. I think it's close. I think this is going to be a really good football game, but I do think Missouri wins. M-I-Z. Part of me thinks that Missouri is the better team and that they're just going to come in and handle business, but part of me also thinks that it's tough to come in and play well when you come off a tough loss on the road and, and show up for two big games in a row like that. And, you know, after seeing what Tennessee did to the powerhouse UConn last week, I'm kind of worried about them. So, Shouts out Jim Mora. Yeah. So, I mean, there is a definite pathway, I think, that Tennessee comes to win this game. But just based on, on paper, Missouri looks like the better team. And the fact that it's in their house, I'll go Missouri. All right, so we know Missouri likes to play a bunch of man coverage. Okay, we saw that last week as, yep. as Georgia analysts. Um, man coverage, a whole hell of a lot easier to decipher and, and make the right read against. It's basically who's creating grass, like yep. who's, mm-hmm. who's, you know, who's creating space. Maybe this keeps Joe Milton from having a turnover-worthy football game. Maybe it keeps Joe Milton from having a, a, a pat-the-football football game. Yeah. Right? Maybe it simplifies the reads for those receivers as well. We've talked about on this network how – that offense is not just predicated off the quarterback making the right decisions. It's predicated off those option routes by those receivers being ran correctly based off leverage and based off coverage. Um, if you're going to make it real simple, maybe this is an explosive game for Tennessee. I, I think that's an opportunity here. Um, but I, I, like I said originally, I, I tend to lean who runs the ball better, who's the better, uh, you know, more consistent quarterback. Even though I think Jalen Wright in this offense from Tennessee has managed to run the ball extremely successfully, uh, despite the fact that their running or their passing attack has taken a major hit, I, I do like Missouri's well balanced yeah. attack a little bit better than Tennessee's. Yeah, I, I mean, man coverage simplifies things a little bit for you until Sean Oakman Jr. is right in your face yeah. and he's causing some issues for you in the pocket. Shouts out. So. Shouts out Darius <laughs> Robinson. Shouts out. Um, not the best defensive lineman I've seen all year. Uh, y'all watch that tape. That uh, all Patreon tape, yeah. Shamar Stewart is a freak. Yeah, Shamar Stewart, guys. Shamar Stewart is six foot six. He's two hundred and seventy five pounds. And when you first turn the tape on, there's there's no earthly way you could ever imagine he's that big watching him move because he moves like a two hundred and twenty pound linebacker. It's insane. Uh, it will be a top ten pick. I don't care what the projection is or what the uh, production is, that dude is phenomenally gifted. Uh, and he was coming out of high school, so um, tremendous football player. I had, I had a blast watching him on tape uh, yesterday. Uh, Bama and Kentucky, let's move on. Uh, Bama is a 11-point favorite in this football game. We're going to pick this one against the spread, boys. Uh, here's my thing, and this is nice, simple analysis. Mark Stoops ain't beat a good football team ever in the SEC. Ain't been a good winning football team in this conference ever, not once. Um, but there is one thing that Marky Mark is good at. Marky Mark's good at covering the spread against football teams that are way better than him. When he knows for a fact, ain't no chance in hell I'm going to win this football game, guess what Marky's willing to do that other teams are not? He's willing to just run the football and concede defeat, okay, in order to make sure he doesn't lose by 40. He's willing to run the football and make sure he only loses by 24. Um and, and that's exactly how they go about covering in this football game because I don't think they're going to win it. All right, I do not believe in Devin Leary at all. Have not once. All right, even dated back to the NC State days, we didn't buy that hype, um, despite the fact that everybody else wanted to tell me that I should have. Uh, Markey is the king of the cover because he runs the ball down. All right, against he was down 40 points. Excuse me, against Georgia, 
uh, ran the ball, I think, 25 times in that football game, 30 times in that football game. He lost by 17 points to Missouri, and he ran it four more times than he threw it in that football game. This is going to be ugly. It's going to be tight, but I like Bama by 14 points. Give me Bama 28-14, 27-13, some type of football game like that. I don't see Kentucky's offense being able to really get anything going against this Alabama defense. The passing game is already bad upon itself, and you're going to go against a really good secondary in Alabama. Defensive line with Dallas Turner, those types of guys, I think they're going to be able to handle Kentucky's run game. I think you're right in the sense of it's probably going to be a boring football game, not too much excitement going on, and Bama's just going to go in there. Shouts out or Kroger Field. Nooner, Bama's just going to go in there, take care of business, and cover and get out of there. Yeah, I think I think that's pretty much what is all going to happen. Kentucky's going to try to sit on this ball, take Jalen Murrow's offense out of it as much as they can. I don't know how you stop them from at least getting three touchdown drives in this game. So, like mm. you said, it's a very 24-13, to 28-14 type of game for me. Yeah, I think you're uh, you're holding the ball on on the Kentucky offensive side of the football just to keep the score down. Mm-hmm. Um, USC at Oregon again. We're gonna pick this. So, do we all think they cover? We all think Bama covers. Eleven. Yeah, I think yeah, they cover. I think they'll cover. I think so too. All right, USC at Oregon. Oregon a 15 point favorite in this football game. I think the more important line here, guys, is 250 rushing yards over or under for Oregon. Over. You saying over? over they yeah. gave up two fifty six to uh, Washington last week. I don't know, man. I, I think this is this is going to be th- this is going to be the week where we find out how badly Oregon wants Bo Nix to win the Heisman. Oh. This is the perfect opportunity for them to say, "All right, Bo. All right, Bodacious. Let's see what you That's got. We're going to pad your stats this football game. Point. Go get four touchdowns. Throw for four hundred fifty yards, and we'll dub up USC." So that. That's the key point for me on the 250 rushing yards. USC has allowed 45.2 points per game in their last five. Oregon is scoring 47.4 points per game this season. And here's the thing. They run the ball so well. USC tackles so poorly that Dan could metaphorically take his foot off the gas in this football game, (laughs) and they still might not be able to get guys on the ground. Yeah. They might score 60 in this football game, all right, and like three scores in the fourth quarter just because USC's defense has virtually quit. Mm. Did you see – the Alex Grinch stuff is already well passed, but did you see the video of him yes. talking to his defense yes. and how few of human beings were paying attention? That's not just Alex Grinch, guys. That's not just the defense coordinator. That's the culture around that program. The culture around that program makes it as such to where players don't think they have to listen to their coaches. That's on the head coach. That ain't on just the defensive coordinator, and that shit ain't going to change this week uh, against Oregon. I, I like Oregon big. I like Oregon in like a 52-35 type football game. You think USC is going to put up 35 points? I, I think they just keep throwing the ball off all the whole second half. And, yeah, eventually they'll score. I mean, it's, it's no different than – this, this game to me is going to look just like uh, Georgia LSU SC championship game last year. Hmm. Okay. Just like it. I think Georgia or uh, Oregon's up three scores most games, four four scores most game, and LA, or USC just keeps putting on uh, points late that don't matter. They're inconsequential. That's it. Mm. I like that comparison. I, I, that, that's kind of how I envision this. Uh, 
for it is a lot of points to cover, especially in a football game like this, where it's two good offenses and offenses that can put up points quickly. But I do think Oregon's defense is good enough to kind of maintain um, Caleb Williams, and especially USC at this point, just don't have a lot of trust in them. Don't know what kind of team is going to show up in a game like this. So I would take Oregon in the win and to cover. One of my favorite pieces of uh, college football content that came out this week was, I believe, as a USC fan, uh, took a presser of Lincoln talking about defense and dubbed it over with his impersonation of Mickey Mouse, um, but said the exact words that Lang or uh, that uh, Lincoln, Lincoln, Riley. Lincoln was saying. So it was Mickey impersonating Lincoln saying Lincoln's actual words. And it like swear to God, I thought it was I thought it was fake until I realized he had I I took it off the Bluetooth and realized he was pairing it up with the actual wording of Lincoln's mouth. So they were actually Lincoln's words talking about essentially how I have faith that we'll eventually figure out defense. We'll eventually figure out defense. That was his statement. We will eventually I have faith we'll eventually figure it out. Well, keep, how? You just gotta how? keep believing. The, the the football gods will give it to us eventually. The power of belief, bro. Yeah, power of belief. Uh, Wish upon a star, maybe stuff. it'll happen. Exactly. All right, I said 52 35. Do they cover the 15? I think so. I'm going to say yes, but this game does have the potential to get interesting because you do have Caleb Williams playing and shit could hit the fan for Oregon. But obviously, I don't think it will. I think Oregon rolls in this game. So, yeah, like a, a 50 something to 28. If you are late to tonight's show and you wanted to hear me read through Michigan's letter to the NCAA, uh, we started tonight's show with that sentiment. Uh, I will go ahead and give you off the top. Uh, the, the letter essentially stated that uh, Michigan knows they kind of did some stuff, uh, but they also know that you can't track it to Jim Harbaugh, um, and they also know that the Big Ten can't do shit until the NCAA does. So there you go. It's worth your watch. All right, it's about 20 minutes of a 10-page letter, uh, but I basically just boiled it down to it about 90 seconds. Isn't that what it was? Mm -hmm. You yeah. can't do shit to us. We didn't really do shit. Everybody does this, but we did it better. Yep, that's right. Yeah, so Michigan men, shouts out. Uh, let's get on. Uh, Auburn at Arkansas. Now, I put this on here because I think it's a really good SEC game, um, and I really wanted to talk about Arkansas. Arkansas is 3-6. and six. What do you think their average scoring margin is? Meaning, how bad do you – they're 3-6. and six, They've lost six football games. How bad do you think they're losing football games? Eight and a half points. Probably, it's probably like – it's less than 10, I think. Okay. I'm going to go six. One and a half. One and a half. That's One and a half. <laughs> so they're 20, they're a 20 three and six football team. They have five one-score losses in conference this year. Yeah, that makes sense. Wow. Excuse me, four in conference, the fifth being BYU. Jeez. It's tough. It is really, really tough. They might – Sam Pittman might get fired basically doing what Texas did last year. Mm -hmm. Think about that. They might also give him the Scott Frost treatment where it's like, hey, yeah, he lost a lot, but, I mean, you could have won all these games. I think that's what they should do, honestly. Yeah. But what would hold me and give me reservation on that is the fact that K.J. Jefferson's leaving. Yeah. Now, mm -hmm. you know, um, Malachi – what's Malachi's last name? They More? signed him out of North Cobb. Um. He looked good in the spring game, the kid from North Cobb High School. I can't believe I'm forgetting his last name. Moore? No. Um, I'll look it up after here in a second. But um, Singleton, Malachi Singleton, the, the dual threat out of North Cobb. They had assigned him. He, he had a really good spring game. I don't know if he's going to be the guy next year, but he's uh, a high-ranked football player that they ultimately ended up signing over other football programs like Miami. 
you know, if you beat Miami out for a quarterback, you would assume it's because you promised him playing time, mm-hmm. right, if you're Arkansas. So, I, I don't know if it's all reasons to be negative, but if they win Saturday's game, he's safe, right? He's safe, and they're, they're a two-point favorite in this football game, or two-point dog in yeah. this football game. Mm-hmm. So, thoughts? Give them to me. It's a coin flip for me. Yeah. Like, the, I, like uh, I almost hate making predictions on this game because I have so little confidence in what I'm about to say. I, I, I could honestly see – KJ Jefferson running for his life the entire game, just giving up four or five sacks, having to th- throw picks and such as that. But I could also see that Sam Pittman, you know, they get momentum rolling off of this Florida win and take another dub in Auburn. I mean, it's just like zero chance that uh, that Auburn can score on the road, right? Hmm. Yeah, it's going to be tough. What has Auburn done on the road offensively this year? Not Nothing. A, not a mucho. You know what I mean? So – uh, I like I like I like the Razorbacks by a field goal in this football game. Yeah, hmm. this will be one of those bad good games mm-hmm. where it's just two bad teams, but the game's good. So like, nice. Also, two football teams that have both been really really close this season to kind of having some more wins in the dub column. And like mm-hmm. like what we were talking about with Auburn and Ole Miss, like Auburn was forcing turnovers and kind of doing everything they could to flip it in their favor, and they did the same thing against Georgia this year. Alabama or Arkansas has been close against really good football teams this year. They were in a fist fight with Alabama late in that football game until they pulled away and solidified that game for them. So really tough game to pick just because both teams are kind of not in similar spots, but they've kind of put up similar results this year. And I think in this game I'm ultimately going to – ultimately going to lean towards a really good quarterback and a better quarterback, and I think K.J. Jefferson is the better quarterback. We don't think there's any way one of these teams controls this football game, right? No. This is a down-to-the-wire sweater for four quarters. Ultimate stupid chaos, I feel like. Both of these football teams have proven that this year, that they're going to fight for four quarters, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is a sign of good coaching. Mm -hmm. I I really do. I mean, if you can get guys to play hard when they're three and six – you're a damn good football coach, or at least you're a damn good leader of men, and that's like the the main priority uh, box to check. I like Arkansas. Final final thoughts. Uh, give me Arkansas in a seventeen to fourteen seven type yeah. game. Hmm. What do you got, Jay? What's the over on that game? I'll check it. Give me your prediction, Jay. I think I'm actually going to lean towards Arkansas or towards Auburn in this football game. No, I don't know. I, 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 again, it's tough for me to pick. I think that <clears throat> I think part of the reason why I want to lean Auburn, forty-eight and a half, is I do think they have some re- some pretty solid players on their defense. But that's so twenty that, to twenty-eight. I can see that. Yeah, I think I'm going to lean Auburn. I believe Arkansas in the under is like a seventeen eleven. What'd you game. say the over under was? Forty-eight. Oh, we're going to have a safety. Oh, wow. Huh? Huh? We're gonna have a safety. I'm just rooting for chaos. I'm just rooting for shit offense. Uh, I'm rooting for a little Big Ten nooner right there between. That's at four o'clock. I like it. What Rightfully so. On SEC Network. All right, last game of the night, last game of the week. Miami at Florida State. Uh, Florida State is a fourteen and a half point favorite in this football game, I believe. Don't sleep on it. Do, don't sleep on this football game. I really I'm don't. Snoozing. Th- I don't think you should. I don't. I really. I think. I think this is screams a football game where there's so many other headliners going on this weekend of some really good football games, games that you should be watching, and it's one of those games where I think it's going to come across your ticker in the third quarter, and it's like, hold on, Florida State's only winning by seven points against Miami right now. I think. I think Florida State ultimately wins, but I think that this is a game that you should definitely keep in touch with, and it might turn into a good one. 
I've been very adamant this week that this is the week where chaos does happen, and this is the type of game to have chaos, but mm. there's just nothing about this game that makes me go, oh, Miami's going to get Florida State here. It's it's in Tallahassee. Florida State's been on a roll. Miami's coming off another horrible loss, so I, I, I just don't see it. You know, normally this is the, the football team in Miami, historically, in terms of a program. You would say that they play with a lot of pride. They play with a lot of passion that they would get themselves up for this football game and that they would fight. Um, I don't know if that's the culture around this football program right now. I don't, I don't know if that's what it is around Miami. I think Miami's culture around that football program is just wait. Just wait a couple years. Okay, Everything I hear out of whether it be a Miami booster's mouth, shouts out Mike Ryan, or anybody else that I run into on the Miami surfaces, they're always just like, it's okay, just give, just give Crystal Ball some time. They're like the opposite of the other, the other uh, programs in the state of Florida. This isn't the Miami Hurricanes that show up with attitude. That's not who this is. This is a football team that will likely, in Florida State, show up on Saturday. They will jump out to a big lead, and they will squat on it. That's what they will do in this football game. I like Florida State 31-17 yeah. in this ball game. I could see that. I think it's also like a thirty-eight to ten, thirty-eight. To now that 15. being said, if, if if James Williams and Cam Kitchens get up in front of that that room, and they mother f everybody in that building, and they get them a hype and they get them going, maybe maybe it's a tight first half. Um, but I think Florida State's got too much on the line, and they are superiorly coached uh, in comparisons to Miami. I like it. You already pick it. Yeah, I think Florida State wins, but I think it's close. Closer or at least close late. Think. Closer than the experts think. Uh, shouts out Nolan Smith. He's going to be the game day picker this week. We will be in Athens this week. Whoa, what are you going to do unless it doesn't happen? Let me oh, riff them off real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't write any down, so that's on me. So, gotcha. well, what we got? Unless I got happen. three real quick. I love these. Vanderbilt upset book it right now. Go ahead and lock it in. Who do they play? South Carolina. Oh, I love it. Ooh, that's bad. Mm -hmm. Shane Beaver feet that's for free. Mm -hmm. Get on out. That might and uh, it's that in, would fire him. It's in William Bryce Stadium. That would fire him. Yeah, exactly. You beat Jacksonville State by ten and then lose to Vandy at home. Your ass is grass. Lock it down. That's tough. FSU gets jumped in the rankings after this weekend. Stanford play spoiler again. Number twelve Oregon State. You're getting knocked off. Pac twelve. So I've got one. I'm not. I don't. Not gonna make a prediction on who it is, but a top ten team loses to an unranked team this Didn't week. Did you say three? Earlier There's gonna be three upsets in the top ten, but hey, but two chat, of them already the playing. I was about to say the chat got his ass last yeah. night. They read through. Like, they read yeah, through. They through read right but through not, your no, I'm still. <laughs> I'm still going top <laughs> three, ten team. Two of them play each other. You yeah. cop out. It was. I tried. It was. I mean, you slid it in. Top ten team loses to an unranked team. How about that? And like then that. this is a big one. I don't know. If, well, uh, Louisville's tied four to four with Virginia right now in the third quarter. So there's that. 14-14. Nice. Go Virginia. Yeah. Shout out Ty Furnish. What a flip around for the them. Who's? The Cavaliers, don't they say something like, they'll call themselves the Who's? I don't know. Oh, I don't All right, know. this is my last one. It's big. Unless it doesn't happen, Jim Harbaugh coaches his last game of the regular season this Saturday. Are oh, you thinking just going to suspend him? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I thought that letter. I, can't, I, I still can't believe Michigan's out here standing for Harbaugh. Are you just gonna get stained? The meat just chickens? Get, yeah, just get out here, just stained, stained by Jim Harbaugh, only for him to go coach the Los Angeles Chargers next year. Hey, that has been our as week long as of it's content. Not the Raiders. Say what? As long as it's not the Raiders, man. Oh, dude, I hope it is. I hope it 
I don't hope it put is. that evil on I me. hope, I hope you got to watch Jim Harbaugh Please khakis on that sideline. If Jim Raiders. Harbaugh becomes a head oh, coach. Oh, khaki and silver and black. Ugh. If Jim Harbaugh becomes a head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, you got to buy a Jim Harbaugh Oakland Raiders jersey. You got to personalize it. Then you wear seven. Then you wear seven in Michigan. You got to wear a seven Harbaugh jersey. No. For a full week. I'll, I'm not buying that. For a full week. I'll buy it for you. I'll, yeah, I'll pitch in for it too. Right. And khaki pants. Mm. I don't have khaki. I have Sharpie khaki. on I'll the whistle. Get you some. I have a pair of khaki little, pants. little Harbaugh Sharpie on the whistle. I'm All with right. it. I'm with it. Hey, we've had a great week of content. I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button on your way out. Subscribe if it was your first time watching us tonight because I promise you, you'll continue to enjoy it. I love you. We'll see you.